what a week it's been. So much to talk about and so many things we can't talk about. (laughs) Me and my friend Mark, we're going to stop watching. I'm Mark. And I'm Harris. And we'd like to welcome you to Behind the Gorilla, a podcast where we delve into the wild, wacky, and crazy side of professional wrestling. But just never address it, right? Like, just make people think they're going crazy. Yeah, I know. It sounds like he's chewing. What is he doing? Yeah, what is going on? How's it going, everyone? Welcome to uh, Behind the Gorilla. That was Harris chewing right there. I, I knew it. I knew it because I told him to wait, you guys. I said, wait, I have a mouthful. Just give me two minutes. <laughs> and then there was a pause, and I was like, he's going to start anyway. Just catch me mid-chew just to make that quip. Yep. And then he did. That's of fine. course. Of course. Anyway, we're uh, we're back, and we got a lot. We got a lot going on. Harris, this was a uh, big wrestling week, Yeah, to say the least. Yeah. Uh, that's what they tell me. I would have loved to watch a little bit more of it, but <laughs> yeah, Harris missed the whole week, so that's a shame. You know, um, got things like I don't know my career getting in the way. It's not ideal, but you know, sure. we power through. Yeah, I, I apologize because my voice has still not come back to me from Thursday being at the Braves game. So we're just gonna have to power through that and just. We're powering through a lot of Atlanta sports right now, realistically. Yeah, it was a heck of a day. We're recording this on Sunday night. Actually, as we speak, Hell in a Cell is going on, so that's kind of weird. So I'm not really sure. Yeah, I was gonna say if or how much we can talk about because I have not been watching because I was watching the Braves mount a massive comeback to beat the Cardinals in Game Three, and uh, so right now Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross are battling the uh, Kabuki Warriors, and no one really cares. Which is sad. Yeah. I, at least we're giving them a different sort of podcast because we're doing that thing again where we record on the Sunday of a pay-per-view. We but do instead that of just, literally like every single month. Right. No, every month. But instead of just talking vaguely about what we think will happen, this episode will just be me interrupting and giving my vague thoughts on things that are happening as it's happening. And if Mark can ever get his TV to work, then we'll have a little delayed watch along. I give up. I'm, I can't get it to work. I just have it up on the computer here. And if that mm. messes up with our audio, I don't care. Okay, then. Well, there you go. I got a lot of tabs up right here. All right. It's All right. Fine. It's so fine. enough foolishness. Mark, what happened this week in wrestling? Because I didn't get to watch anything except for Friday Night Smackdown. Okay. I got to watch almost all of that. Well, we'll quickly try and go through some of the stuff that has happened this week. Because, again, we're not really a recap podcast. We, we originally were a no-anything-current-talk-about uh, podcast, and that quickly went away. Um, but anyway, just real quick. All right, so Raw happened. It was the season premiere for the first time ever of mm-hmm. uh, Monday Night Raw. So that was mm-hmm. kind of exciting. They have a new stage, which looks nice. They have a new theme song, which is amazing because they're back to rock music, and it's Skillet, which is awesome. And uh, they had Pyro, which was great, too. And those were the only things that were great about Raw. Um, Raw was horrible. Well, I guess the beatdown of Rey Mysterio <laughs> and Rey Mysterio's son was kind of exciting. Um, but I mean, see, Dominic, we're biased on that because anytime Dominic is featured, we feel proud. Like we had something to do with it. 
<laughs> well, that is true. Um, and it, it's an excuse for us to tweet that episode and feel good about ourselves. Right. Yeah, no, of course. Um, so that was kind of exciting. Uh, Dominic is a teenager, according to Jerry Lawler, even though he's 22, but that's fine. Um, it looked like Brock Lesnar legitimately was trying to kill this guy. Um, anyway, it was fine. Uh, you know, they're trying to make Brock look more like a heel and a beast. So sure. It, it accomplished the goal. It was fine. Um, yeah. uh, so that was probably the best part of the show. Cause there was Sasha Banks, Alexa bliss in a terrible match. Um, tag team title match with Ziggler and rude and heavy machinery, which was fine. Uh, Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan were on Miz TV talking about yeah. the crown jewel and it's going to be team Flair versus team Hogan. And that segment was a little weird because it's like Flair kept like trying to go heel, but like not fully going. It was very awkward, very strange, whatever. It's fine. Orton's the captain of team Flair. Of course, like obviously. Yeah, and, that's fine. Uh, Rollins is a captain of team uh, Hogan. It's all fine. Whatever. No one cares about Crown Jewel. Um, I was going to say, if this were at Survivor Series, I would be like, oh, that's interesting. I wonder what, but you're right. I'm not watching Crown Jewel, so yeah. fine. Uh, okay, Viking Raiders face the club. Um, Raiders, of course, won. It was just a fine tag team match, whatever. Ricochet versus Cesaro. Both those guys are amazing. That match was not good. Um, Ricochet, <laughs> wow. Ricochet beat Cesaro. It's just blah. It's one of those matches where it's just like, what's the point of this? And this didn't really help anyone or anything. Um, Bray Wyatt did a thing with Firefly Funhouse and something. Those are always fun. So it was fine with the fiend and things. Um, was there, um, was there anything teased for the main event? Um, no, uh, a little any bit. Mystery guests? Any late arrivals? Uh, no, no. Uh, well, well, hang on. Um, so United States champion AJ Styles versus Cedric Alexander for like the umpteenth time. Mm-hmm. Both, you know, I mean, it's never gonna be bad because these guys are just too good in the ring. But it was just, it was fine. It's fine. AJ, AJ wins. It was pretty good. Uh, AJ's great at like doing these reversals into Styles clashes. And and does another one there with Cedric, so that was that was cool. Um, Natalia versus Lacey Evans, and then <laughs> Seth Rollins versus Rusev for the Universal Title because it was supposed to be Mysterio, but then he got beat up by Brock Lesnar. So then it's Rusev, and well, that nothing like nothing happened. That, the match that went like on. It would be a good match. You would think, but there's nothing built up. Rusev just came back in a horrible segment, so nobody cares. Uh, King Corbin and Orton were there because, you know, they're going against because I guess because King Corbin at some point in the show joined Randy Orton for Team Flair. Um, so the match was, our, you know, it's fine. Uh, but then um, before anything really could get going. Uh, also, before this match, they show a limo pull up. That's usually a good thing to do early in the show to keep people's interest up. But they did it like right before the end of the show. And then... <laughs> And then I in the middle, know that. yeah. And then in the middle of the match, all of a sudden, and uh, they never show the limo again. So I'm just assuming these people came out of the limo, but they never actually show anything about it. Um, 
So then in the ring, like the match has not been going on very long. And here comes, here comes Lana or no, here comes Bobby Lashley. And he stands very awkwardly on the stage and points at like the little stage door that they have now. And no one came out. And so then he kind of had to do it again. And then Lana came out. There's a big reveal. Oh my gosh. Lana, the wife of Rusev is with Bobby Lashley and they make out in the most gratuitous way possible. And, uh, then that of course, uh, made Rusev very angry, but then that wasn't even the end. You'd think that would be enough, but no, then the lights go out and the fiend comes out and chokes out Rollins with a mandible claw. And I'm not really sure where Rusev went. Um, so uh, Rusev was, ran for his life. Obviously, I think so because the fiend is coming. Okay, Asuka just used the like great Muda, like green mist to win the match, and now they're tag team champions. And Nikki Cross is covered in green mist. I, you, I, I mean, you get it? It's because they're Asian. But it's but it's yeah, really clever. I understand. Yeah, but I like the green mist. I just that's oh man. <laughs> The worst part about this is I wasn't even watching when it happened. I just looked up. I heard you say that and looked up and realized that that had happened. Anyway, that doesn't matter. Um, so there's new women's tag team champions here at Hell in a Cell. Uh, so that was raw. It was terrible. Um, the, the All the little things that they did, you know, the stage and the pirate, all that stuff was good. Show, terrible. Um, so then AEW, their first TV show, Dynamite, and it was pretty good. It's pretty good show. I, I enjoyed it. The setting's great. Hearing Tony Schiavone back on the broadcast team is incredible. You got Tony Schiavone and JR, in my opinion, the two best wrestling broadcasters of all time, are both on the same broadcast team with Excalibur, which is just fantastic. And that was to be that was honestly my favorite part of the show was the broadcast team because it's just so bad in WWE and has been for so long that it's just great hearing these guys and the way they call wrestling much more as a sport. Uh, I mean, like they make fun of people when they're posing and not going for pins. Like, even if it's the baby face, they're like, what are they doing? Like, go for the pin. They, you know, they, they took too long. Like, I like that. Uh, so Sam, uh, Cody and Sammy Guevara wrestled. That was pretty, that was a pretty fun match. Um, Cody won that match. And, uh, there was a lot of cool moments in that after the match, like Tony Schiavone came out, to do an inner, you know, like a in ring interview, which is great that we're getting those again. Cause that I've, I mean, you see that maybe once a year in WWE mm-hmm. and that used to be, I mean, every WCW show you had mean gene going in after into the ring after the match to interview the winner, you know, like they do in sporting events. Right. Um, so that was great. But then, uh, Sammy Guevara interrupts him. And when he does, then Jericho comes running down and just beats the crap out of Cody. Cause they're wrestling at that at full gear, whatever the next pay, that next pay per view is for the title. So makes sense, um, and just brutally attacks him for a long time. So that was fun. That was a great way to just start off the show. Uh, some other matches: Brandon Cutler and MJF. That was fine. MJF is just great. Um, Hangman and Pac was or Pac. I still don't know how to pronounce it, and the announcers don't either because they constantly go back and forth. That was a great match. Um, and you had Pac get the win there, so it's a great story for Hangman, who is now he was in the match for the first ever title, and now has lost a couple of times. So that'll be an interesting story, seeing where he goes now. And then Pac has just been an amazing heel. 
throughout all of this. So that was that was a lot of fun. The women's title match I didn't watch. Uh, I know some people liked it, and Rio won to be the first champion, but I didn't watch it. Um, what else happened? Six man tag match. Oh yeah, that was uh, there wasn't there wasn't that many matches. Right, uh, that was the main event, right? Yeah, six man tag match: the Elite versus Jericho, and then uh, LAX, and that was. That was fun, except it really pissed me off because, like, at some point in the match, Jericho or um, Omega is uh, he's beating up someone, and then all of a sudden, here comes John Moxley back in the ring and starts beating the crap out of Omega, and uh, me and a lot of people on Twitter were sitting here like, "All right, disqualification." I mean, the ref's right there. It's, it's literally in the middle of the ring. Yeah. And he just starts beating Clearly. the crap out of him. No, the match <clears throat> continues on for quite a while. And I have no idea why. <laughs> so we're already back to WCW at this point. Like, just straight up. Yeah, so a whole show of making it very, or not very serious, but much more serious, sporting, and all this stuff. And then just threw away the entire rules for this entire match. It's like, okay. Okay, I mean, maybe it was a no disqualification. I never heard it said, but I don't know. But anyway, it was still awesome because Omega just beat the crap out of him backstage, and then he does a butterfly DDT through a glass table, which was awesome. Yeah, I saw the gifts of that. That was amazing. And uh, then the heels just kept, you know, now they're now it's a handicap match, so they beat up the Young Bucks and ended up getting the win. Um. And then just a bunch of people came out, and then it was just like massive amounts of heels coming out. Big, big uh, appearance for Jake Hager. Jack Swagger is back in wrestling in AEW, which a lot of people were expecting. And so that was pretty cool. And uh, yeah, it was it was a cool moment to end the show on. That you kind of have like a stable of heels now, seemingly that is that have has formed with Jericho, you know, and they took over the show at least the first one and i always think that's a good thing so uh, i think it started off pretty well and there's a lot of places that stuff can go and so i think it was a good show okay yeah that's a pretty succinct summary i still i need to watch it not so much for the matches and the storylines because you can read about those but i just want to get a feel for the show yeah you know i want to hear that commentary team i want to see what it looks like i want to see how it feels different because I'll, I'll touch on this in a second, but like this episode of SmackDown, I don't know if it was just all in my head or what, but it felt different. It yeah. really did. Yeah, um, I didn't watch NXT, so I'm not going to talk about that. I heard some okay. people like that Finn Balor's back in NXT, so that's good, I guess. Yeah, that's um, pretty cool. Good for him. That's I still don't know how NXT is going to work like because in theory, it should be the minor leagues. Like That's why it works so well Yeah, is because it's kind of a limited – distanced show but i don't know I, I think as long as they continue to like in kayfabe say it's the minor leagues then it'll still work you know even if it's on its own network yeah i agree it's got its own you know roster that's semi-permanent like that's fine it just makes me laugh because i remember hearing interviews with triple h probably a year or two ago like nxt had been big for a long time and he said, well, yeah, it's still, you know, it's still developmental. It's still the minor leagues because I don't know anyone down there who doesn't want to be up here. And that was a questionable statement at the time. But now it's pretty hilarious, especially yeah. when you see Finn Balor is just like, hey, guys, can I just 
can I just not wrestle for a while? And like normally they would fire him, but they can't do that because of AEW. So they just say, sure, buddy, do whatever you want. Go to right. go to Ireland for a few months, get married, shave your head, whatever, man. It's cool. Right. And then he comes back and he's like, I just want to live in Florida for a while. I don't I'm done with this. Can I just chill for a bit? And they're like, sure, buddy, we'll put you back on NXT. No problem. Like. Whatever, you know, it's fine. It's fine. It'll be good. Don't think about it too much, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, that's that's kind of wrestling in a nutshell, though, isn't it? Pretty much. Pretty much. Um, so SmackDown blowing through this. So I saw the first like hour almost of the show. Okay, so you saw you saw most of it. You saw most of the important stuff. I missed almost all the matches because there was only like two matches and or no yeah. maybe like one match in the first hour. So yeah. Um, it of course opened with. The Rock and Becky Lynch and Baron Corbin. And I'm sorry, The Rock sucks. He's horrible. He is so bad. Mark, you're so biased. You're He's just so biased bad. You hate The Rock. Everything he says is not good. It's not smart. It's not clever. It's not. It, it is not The Rock that everyone thinks is still there. It's not. And he hasn't been since 2003. It's just not, not that great. He's electrifying. He's, he's got all that charisma, and it's a big deal with a big star back on the show. So all that's very true. But him actually on the mic is very pedestrian at best. It's it's lame insults. It's like a child on a playground coming up with something to say. It's just it's not good. And I know everyone else loved it, but I was I was just like this. It's just not great. Becky Lynch and Baron Corbin, I, I thought were much better in this segment. I think you've overinflated how good The Rock was in the Attitude Era. Not that he wasn't great, but a lot of the stuff he did was stupid and childish. That's kind of the gimmick. But look, at this point, he's there to play the hits. That's his entire job is to come out. Yes, I know. Be The Rock. Beat up a mid card heel and pop the crowd, and he does it very well. I don't, I don't sure, know what else sure, you can sure. expect of him. I think it was a lot of fun. But hang on. Oh yeah, and also I was right about right. it. It also went on for like twelve minutes, and I was like, oh, here comes the first twelve, you know, fifteen minutes of the show where it's just the Rock talking and the Rock show, and that's exactly what it was. No, but see, here's the thing: it wasn't though, because you're right. Becky Lynch and Baron Corbin were fantastic. Yes, like, they, they were. Made they that- were good. They made that segment very good because Baron Corbin is just the most punchable face, which is his entire job. He's very good at it. You just want to see him get insulted and then get his butt kicked. And that's exactly what happened. And I think like he was a great foil. Becky Lynch as like sort of cool and kind of downplaying everything was a great like foil to The Rock who's always just really over the top. I mean it was exactly what we knew it was going to be. It was still a lot of fun. Sure. Also, this is – Neither here nor there. But I love whenever a big returning guest star makes their entrance in the middle of a segment and the bad guy who they're coming to clearly just insult and beat up lets them make their 15-minute entrance. (laughs) Right. Baron Corbin's like, oh, I wonder where this is going to go. Like, just leave, dude. Just hit him or leave. Like, take your pick. Yeah. But no, he just sits there and waits for The Rock to pose on one turnbuckle and then pose on another turnbuckle. And then pose on the first turnbuckle again and then come down and pace back and forth for a minute. It doesn't make a lick of sense, but it's still I, I enjoyed it. Sure. Because yeah, it's the fine. rock. I don't know. Like it wasn't that the show was shot that differently, but there were just a lot of little things that made it feel special. 
And The Rock was one of them. That's a great way to kickstart the show with The Rock and Becky. Yeah, yeah. I know. I, I, I agree. I, 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 I totally understand. I, I get it. And it's definitely the right move as far as attention getting and, start, and setting the pace for a new show. Yeah. So, I mean, we don't have to go like point by point and match by match. Just right. Just because, you know, we got a lot of other stuff to do. Yes, yes we do. Yes, we do. But, okay, okay. Well, let me just say this then. As someone who got to watch almost all of okay, it. Okay, I saw the first match. I did mm-hmm. not think that tag match was very good. Is that just Was that just me? Or I just I, thought, I was like, I've seen, one, we've seen this type of stuff a lot, and I've seen this done way better by these guys. Okay, but see, here's the thing. This is what I was going to get to. I think this was kind of, I think this was for what they wanted it to be. This was the perfect wrestling show. I don't mean it was my perfect wrestling show, but I mean, they are starting the show after months of promo on Fox, like one of the biggest networks in America. They're booking this whole show with the idea that this is someone's first episode of wrestling. Sure. And from start to finish, a lot of it was, Hey, you've seen these matches before. You've seen these characters before. But if you just put yourself in the shoes of someone watching wrestling for the first time, that's what it made me feel like. Honestly, it made me feel like it was 2014 again. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, this is great because we get to see Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns as different styles against some big, you know, kind of slow moving heels. It's nothing special. It's, you know, as stereotypical and repetitive as it gets. But we would see that kind of stuff on a weekly basis anyway. Yeah. It, it wasn't really meant to be their greatest match ever, especially with a pay-per-view coming up. You know, it was meant to introduce these characters and that story. Same thing with The Rock segment. Like, the whole point is you tune in, you know who The Rock is because you've seen his movies, but you haven't seen him wrestle. Fun. He comes in and he talks a lot, talks really fast, has some cheesy insults. And this Baron Corbin guy, what a doofus. I really hate him. I want to see him get beat up. Oh, this Becky Lynch woman, she's really cool. I want to see her beat somebody up. Like, the whole show laid out all the characters and like theoretically they want you to watch on the pay-per-view really well i don't know if that'll translate to anything if there will be a huge pop in ratings if way more people got the network to watch this sunday i kind of doubt it but i just felt like the whole show as an episode one like as a season premiere was really really fun like it introduced the fiend it introduced seth rollins and seth is just gonna die dude he's absolutely gonna <laughs> die tonight it hasn't happened yet but my goodness oh we'll be able we to tell to... you if it does oh yeah we're gonna stop the show and have a watch along whenever that happens it's in the cell too which geez i don't even know what's gonna happen there but I'm telling you man you introduce all of the you know the rest of the women you got becky and charlotte sasha and bailey all in a match together and you can see them playing off of each other you get the backstories from commentary, who I think did a really good job. I think the two-man booth helps yes. a lot. Yes, I agree. And it's just, it was fun to watch, and it'll be fun to watch at least for the next few weeks to see them book the show like you've never watched wrestling before. It just felt a lot less canned, a lot less lazy. Like, everyone behind the show knows, hey, this is probably somebody's first wrestling show, and we need to step our game up a little bit. You know what I mean? Right. I didn't love all of the results, RIP Kofi Kingston, but like, it makes perfect sense, you know, because again, if you're a brand new viewer, oh man, that guy seemed cool. I want to see more of him. I want to see him get a second chance. But you still get, you know, Brock Lesnar as your unstoppable monster, and you get this weird, like, Godzilla fight with Kane Velasquez, which is just could be a mess but it'll be a crown jewel so it doesn't matter yeah i, I don't, I don't know really kane velasquez has 
been doing he's been wrestling for like what a couple of years now and so mm-hmm. you know who knows who knows i feel like this is this i don't know if this is true but this kind of smells of brock lesnar wanting to get his win back and like he'll just go kill kane velasquez in saudi arabia i don't know if he's that shallow but i wouldn't be shocked to be perfectly honest i almost don't think he is i don't even think he cares that much I wish they would let him shoot fight. That would be very funny. <laughs> if Vince was just like, no, listen, I'm I'm serious. Bra- We're getting brawl into it. We're just going to let him two. go. Yeah, brawl for all two, baby, with, with exactly two fighters. Oh, Winner man. fights Butterbean again. Oh, man. Dude, that'd be great. <laughs> You're telling me you wouldn't watch Brock Lesnar fight Butterbean on pay-per-view? Well, I don't know if I want to watch a live death, but, I mean, maybe. <laughs> Oh, geez. So anyway, uh, I think we covered everything on this week in wrestling. I'm excited for SmackDown, dude. Something about it. I don't know if it's just the little changes in the presentation. If it's just seeing the Fox logo makes it feel like a bigger deal. It really does. I agree. I like it, too. We got new SmackDown. We got AEW, which so far is off and running. And, uh, yeah, it's a a great time to be a wrestling fan, that's for sure. I can't think of another more influential time in wrestling history than, like, right now. Not in the last 20 years. I mean, the Attitude Era, that's got to be it. Maybe. And, like, WrestleMania three when it was, you know, mainstream, those were the two times. Yeah, but it it hasn't really been like that at the least in a very long time. Mm -hmm. So, I agree. I'm ready for it, and I'm excited. All right, the good news is I got my Roku device up. Okay. So I can now look over my shoulder because the TV is behind me from where my computer is, and I'm watching Braun Strowman attack, or uh, not attack, a- but the Braun Strowman, like, coming up. Is he? Was he? He was not in this match. I I don't know if it's supposed to be a tag match. No, it is it a tag. A it, match. I think it was a. They I literally think it was booked, a tag match. They booked four matches like today or last night. To be honest, like, I only had been. To spare. I'd only been glancing over at it. I, I don't think Braun Strowman was in this match, but the ref seems to be fine with it, so maybe he was. No, he came down late. Like I watched him make his entrance, and oh, okay, I, don't know I if missed it's supposed that. to be the club versus. This is great audio content, y'all. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think what happened was it was supposed to be a tag match, okay. and then AJ Styles came to like be in his boy's corner, and then Braun Strowman was like, Braun! and came walking down. Okay. And they were like, let's just make it a three-on-three match, because... Why not? Why not? Braun's not doing anything. I wish they would book more matches and just be honest about that. Be like, look, I, it's a wrestling show. We got to put something out there. We're just mixing and matching a little bit. What do you want sure, us to do? Sure, Why not? Why not? I don't care. Um. Anyway, so that's going on. Uh, but yeah, so I think we covered everything. I think we did. It's a good time, man. It's exciting. It is. It is. There's a lot going on. There's uh, a lot going on in the world of wrestling. All right. So I guess we should uh, get started with an actual episode for the first time in like a month. Yeah, I'm pretty apprehensive about this. Uh, Mark posted a screenshot of something on Twitter yep. earlier today. Yep. And a lot of times, like, you know, we'll, we'll give these little teasers when we start. 
and one of us will figure it out. We'll be like, oh, I think he's going to do this. I have no idea what's going to happen. <laughs> but it looked like the early to like early 2000s, and I'm just – it wasn't a wrestling ring. So I don't know what's about to happen right now. I really don't. Yeah. Um, okay. Right off the bat, I'm going to apologize ahead of time for a couple of things. One – I apologize for not having an episode over the past two weeks, even though we made it work. Um, and I apologize for picking this topic because it's 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 very brutal for many, m- many reasons. Um, but it fits with the show. It's one of the worst things probably that's ever happened in the history of WWE, um, which we say that all the time. So take that with a grain of salt. But um, and I also want to give a nice little warning here that this one is definitely not for kids, in any way, shape, or form. This very well might yes, be the most inappropriate episode good. we have ever done. Uh, right. definitely one of Don't them. Don't listen to it at work, kids. Definitely one of them. Oh boy. Okay. So this we're gonna go all the way back to 2002. We're in October. 2002 and uh, this angle kind of okay. started to take form it was thought of by Paul Heyman who was kind of in charge of Smackdown at the time and it involves Paul Heyman running a risque angle that's wild who I know I know who right ever thought that would happen it's very odd but uh, so you got Paul Heyman and uh, so he's running it he comes up with this idea to use two of the uh, female wrestlers on the show. Well, that's good. We should get female wrestlers on the show. Of course. Yeah, always. Um, there, There's there's uh, one of them. Her name is quite, quite famous. Her name is Tori Wilson. She just went in the Hall of Fame this past year. You know, blonde bombshell of SmackDown. Was also in WCW for a few years before that. Uh, well, and, and then the other girl who's going to be a part of this is Dawn Marie. Those are the two main, main people. But there's a third. There's a third character in our story who cannot be overstated, who's very, very important. And this is Tori Wilson's father, Al. Al Wilson. Oh, boy. Okay. Yep. <laughs> yep. Well, this starts on October 3rd, 2002. Al Wilson has come to SmackDown because Tori Wilson has brought her father you know, he's coming to see his sweet little girl compete. And, you know, it makes sense. I mean, my dad saw me compete tons of times over the years. You know, you always want your yeah. parent there. Yeah. They always cut to people's parents in the stands. I yeah. mean, even now, they have that angle with George Miz, and it was great. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, but the difference is this this is WWE in 2002. So the competition is not a match. <laughs> No, but but it's it's a bikini contest. So Great. while Tori is you know introducing Al to to some people backstage, you know different wrestlers, Dawn Marie shows up and introduces herself because she is going against uh, Tori in the bikini contest. Now let's just pause a moment. We got to talk about Al Wilson. Uh, R.I.P. to Al Wilson, who recently passed away. I think the day before Tori was inducted into the Hall of Fame. Oh man! Uh, this past year, but 
I, I just got I have to describe because if you don't understand this, this isn't nearly as effective. So Al is like okay. this kind of a short, bespectacled, white-haired man who was about I think he was 62 at the time. Uh, he's very goofy looking, and he will prove to be possibly the worst actor in the history of WWE. <laughs> and Harris, now that hang on, hang on. Let's just that's a bold statement. It is. Right? Oh yes, it is. Um, it is. But Harris, I oh, would like wow. you and for anyone else listening right now to just get on your get on your Google machines and type in Al Wilson and just 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 pull up the picture uh, just so you know what we're type talking in, of. Type in Al Wilson WWE because I typed in Al Wilson. Uh, turns out that was a soul singer. Okay, so, yeah, different do, uh, guy. Do WWE and just just have yeah, that visual very different in your vibes mind. from Al Wilson WWE. Yeah, so you you got that you got that picture in your head now. Boy, do I. All right, so it's very important. So uh, Dawn introduces herself to him, and it's awkward as you would think. Um, but later in the show, Dawn confronts Al backstage. Uh, Al, I don't know where Tori is, but she's not there at the time. And he, she asks him what he thinks of her, well, her bikini. He's fascinated with it, and he says it's good. <laughs> she, she says thank you. And calls him, you know, is calling him Mr. Wilson, being respectful, and he says that she can call him Al, which is by far the best acting he does in the whole angle, is that little segment right there. Um, so now, now it's time for the contest. Now you gotta keep... Okay, now I just want sure. to clarify something for people who might, for some reason, not be familiar with women's wrestling in the late 90s and early 2000s. When you say bikini contest... That's not a stipulation match. No, no, no. It's not That's a match. It's not like, oh, they're going to wrestle in bikinis, which is a little sexist, but at least it's wrestling. No, no. It's just a bikini contest. Yes, it is literally what it sounds like. So now it's time for said bikini contest. And now keep in mind, the week before, she was in another bikini contest. <laughs> no joke. They just trot him out there every the week? The week before. Uh, so anyway... They, they they come out, and they show off their bikinis, and the crowd gets to pick. You know, they do the cheer thing, and the crowd cheers louder for Tori. Uh, Dawn gets mad and slaps her, and then just starts beating her up and throws her out of the way, out of the ring. So we are well on our way. Here we go. Whole angle. Set up by losing bikini contest. Perfect. Um, well, the next week, Al shows up, you know, unbeknownst to Tori, as she's preparing for yet another contest. However, this one, again, is not a wrestling match. This one isn't even a bikini contest. This is a lingerie contest this time. What? (laughs) So, again, I just want to be clear. There have been bra and panty matches in the past. This Mm -hmm. is not that. This is just just walk around in your underwear for a bit. Yes. Great. Uh... And, uh, you know, Tori did not ask Al to show up, so she's a little uh, l- little, little nervous around this. Doesn't really want him to see her in her underwear. Oh, now she's getting nervous about it. <laughs> right. Um, so anyway, uh, he ends up kind of going off, and Don then shows up and, again, asks Al if he likes her outfit. Um, and, of course, of course he does. So we go back to the contest. Tori wins again. And Dawn is not happy again. And afterwards, however, she doesn't beat up Tori. She finds Al Wilson backstage and, 
Well, she gives him her hotel room key. So now it's starting okay. to heat up, Harris. So, we're we're it's so, getting it's getting serious now. Okay, so we just jumped straight past the thing that every other wrestling angle in all time has done when a parent gets involved, which is fight the parent. Right. You know, like, hey, George Miz, I'm gonna beat you up because I don't like the Miz. No, we're just we blew right past that. Yep. Just straight to the porking. Okay, cool. That's yep. good. Uh, so he yeah. doesn't go, right? Obviously. We're, we're getting to this. So the next week, here's Al again, and Tori is again surprised. So now he's just showing up whenever he wants. Uh, right. But we find out later that he wasn't even there for her. Tori wrestles in a mixed tag match with Rikishi versus Matt Hardy and Don Marie. I got to talk about this match. It has nothing to do really with the angle, but it was it was glorious. So... <laughs> Rikishi's butt is the most over thing in this match. Now, you're familiar with Rikishi, right, Harris? I am familiar with Rikishi. Yes. Uh, well, so there is a big moment in this match where he, uh, you know, he has Matt Hardy in the corner, and he's he's hiking him up. He's ready to go in for it, go in for the stink face. But right as he goes in, Matt Hardy grabs and pulls Don Marie in front of him. And so he stink faces Don Marie instead of Matt, which was pretty funny. Uh, Don ends up winning the match, though, with help from Matt Hardy. This this is Matt Hardy version one. This is heel Matt Hardy version one, which is probably the best Matt Hardy. And uh, anyway, so after so the match is over. But, you know, Rikishi's not done. He starts beating up Matt Hardy and then he throws him in the corner because he's going to get him this time. You know, he didn't get him the last time, but he's going to get him. So Rikishi's going for that stink face, but Tori stops him. And she's mad because Matt Hardy, you know, kind of helped Don Pinner. So she's mad at Matt, and she wants to get back at him for costing her the match. So, so she goes over to him and hikes up her short shorts. And Matt is sitting there, practically salivating, begging <laughs> her to hit him with it. Right, because that's... Right. The reason Rikishi, like, because Rikishi's a big fat man with a big, with a big man butt, not a, you know, blonde bombshell, so to speak. Right. Oh, it's so funny. This, this is, this is peak Matt Hardy. The overacting V1 Matt Hardy, which literally Mm. was the character, is just great. Um, so she starts to move in and, and then at the last second, Rikishi comes in and just obliterates Matt's face with his butt. And it is awesome. This is one of the stupidest segments, but it is fantastic. And the I do crowd watch it. loves it. I mean, the crowd loves it. Oh, man. So anyway, that has nothing to do with uh, with the rest of the feud, but I just love that. Okay, by the way, just to interrupt you again real quick, if Paul Heyman had any guts at all, he would have put Rikishi in a bikini contest. <laughs> And he didn't do it because he's a fool. I just want to put that on the record. That's fair. Missed opportunity. Oh, man. Okay. So then backstage, Tori is now looking for her father. This is a little bit later in the show. Tori is looking for her father and she can't find him. She's going around trying to find him. And she goes to the women's locker room to find him. And, well, and she finds Dawn in, in the shower. Dawn Pretty natural is, thing to find in a locker sure, room. Sure, sure. Dawn is Dawn is naked, but she's not alone. Al Wilson 
is with her in the shower. But he is fully clothed with his glasses on and the water like is on soaking them both. And it is just one of the greatest visuals because he's literally not even doing anything. He's just standing there. It is just great. Just fully clothed. Oh, man. So now it's getting now it's getting even more intense. So this leads to a match at No Mercy, the next pay-per-view. And it's a match between the two Divas. Uh, Tori wins the match. It's actually a decent match for a five-minute Divas match. Um, it's not too bad. And uh, we get the classic WWE ref spot where the women are rolling around attacking each other. And the ref goes over to try and break it up. And they roll over him. And uh, the announcers go crazy. And the ref was actually... This is the first time I've ever seen the ref like visibly be happy about it. <laughs> Usually they just play it off like, you know, they didn't mean to or whatever. This ref was, like, happy, and it was very funny. Um, so that was interesting. Well, it wasn't very funny. It was fine. <laughs> All right. So uh, back on back on SmackDown, Dawn finds Tori and says she was the better woman and, and apologizes for her actions, and she says she'll break things off with, with Al. So the angle's finally done. You know, it was it was dumb. It was a waste yeah. of time, but, you know, it's done now. Right. right? Good topic. Good topic. Yeah. Wrong. Uh, Dawn tries to break things off, but they are too attracted to each other, and they end up making out heavily to uh, in that little segment. <sighs> so now okay, now gonna... hang, hang, hang on, hang on, hang on. So sure. that's not just what she tells Tori Wilson, like, oh, we're too attracted, I couldn't do it. No, like, no. Is there an actual scripted scene? Where she tries to break it off and just can't bring herself to do it? Yes. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that that's pretty great. That's incredible. All right, so uh, the next week, there's a lot to get to. Um, the, the next week, it's the Halloween episode of SmackDown. And a lot happens in this episode because this is the origin of the Doctor of Thugonomics in this episode. Oh, which heck is, yeah. Which heck is pretty yeah. awesome. Uh, we got Vanilla Ice John Cena. Um, so that, that's pretty cool. There's a lot of cool stuff going on in SmackDown at, the, at this time. Um, like there's a lot, like cause John Cena is becoming, you know, the doctor of thugonomics. The Guerreros are a tag team. Uh, Lesnar's dominating. He's like the champion. Matt Hardy is the version one, which we talked about with Shannon Moore as his MF, which is just great. Rey Mysterio, Chris Benoit, Kurt Angle, Biker Taker. I mean, SmackDown is rolling at this point. It's a great show. But then we then we have then we have what we're talking about. Um, not the good part. But uh, anyway, so it's the Halloween episode, and Tori Wilson and Don Marie are in a uh, food fight slash chocolate milk match, and Tori Wilson wins. Well, at least it's a match. Well, kind we're of. Really like, here. They're over on the side, and there's a big table with Halloween food, and then this big pool filled with like i they say chocolate milk i don't know why and so they mm-hmm. they wrestle in that and mm-hmm. uh, you know it's it's great um it's a sad state of the women's division when a chocolate milk match is a step up <laughs> yeah well the step up was that no mercy match which was actually a, a match but, oh right uh, so we've regressed i'm sorry yeah Just we've kidding. gone back down uh okay so now november 7th now this is the peak of this feud, at least in my opinion. So Al meets with Tori and he says, he explains to her just how lonely he's been since the divorce between her mom and himself. And, you know, he's ready to do something for himself. 
and, and he just hopes that she understands. So he goes out to the ring, you know, to, to nothing really, like no reaction. Just he does no music, just nothing. Just walks out of the oh, ring. They don't even give him like stock music or no. anything. Man, nope. that's a missed opportunity again. Yeah, nothing. Uh, oh well, okay. And uh, oh, Chad Gable and Baron Corbin. I'll watch that match later. Um, all right. So anyway, T- Taz sums it up best. When okay, I got to talk about the announcers. The announcers are fantastic. Michael Cole and Taz are that's one of my favorite announced teams in WWE and they are hilarious during this whole feud Taz just is like he comes out and Taz just sits there and goes well this will either be really really good or really really bad except the only thing I he love was it wrong, when the announcers speak for you the only thing he was wrong about was it ever having the potential to be really really good um Cole and Taz are just ruthless with him. Like the whole feud, they are just destroying him, and it's hilarious. So, okay, now we get one of the funniest things I've ever seen on WWE TV, and I am not kidding. I know that it's that high on my list of funniest things because I was, like, in a public area watching this segment and could not not laugh. Wow. Yeah, it was it was so funny. Al comes out and he starts to speak into the mic and his voice has no variation. It is completely flat and he sounds like Kermit the Frog. 25 years ago I was blessed with the little angel Tori. And I know she wants what's good for me like I want what's good for her. Hey, why does Al sound like Kermit the Frog? What's up with that? And that's, and Taz makes a comment about that, which is hilarious. He asked Dawn to come out, and he proposes to her. Like, and, and I feel bad because I can't do this segment justice by talking about this. Like, I can't do it. You just have, you have to watch it. It's the best worst segment I've like ever seen. And the announcer the announcers can't help it and are actively mocking it and laughing about it on the air and wishing it was over. Like they are apologizing to the crowd for like to to us watching for this segment. Now, can I be honest with you for a second? I think that might have something to do with it. Like I wish this would happen more often that when something stupid happens, the commentary acknowledges it because that makes the whole show just feel a little more realistic. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of bad stuff on in wrestling in general, but they'll try to sell it as good. And that just makes it more insulting. Right. I appreciate that. They just lay into this poor guy. Cause I feel like that's a big part of what makes it not work, but like at least entertain us. And I'm not sure how I want to do this because I want to like put in this clip, but it's like a, 10 minute long segment or longer and I and I'm not gonna do that for the podcast and I wish there was a way I could play parts of it and have you be able to hear it Harris while mm-hmm. we're doing it and so I I'm I might put something in here it is it's so it is so funny because it's so horrible but uh anyway so Dawn all right so Dawn's in there 
He's down on one knee and is proposing to her. And Dawn just plays it up. And she doesn't answer for like three minutes. <laughs> like just sitting there. It's, it wasn't quite that long. But it she just sits there and it's like milking this thing that doesn't need to be milked. And we're, she's just leaving us all in suspense. And the announcers are just like, answer the question. Like, get it over with. Like, and they're just like, no, just say no and let's move on. And, and, and then before she answers, after a long time, Alvin takes the mic again and says that if she doesn't accept, he will kill himself. Don, if you don't, I will kill myself, swear to God. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Don't say no! Say no! Make for great TV. You can only do that spot once. Great. Lovely. I can't, I can't just explain what this angle how great this is. This is just so amazing. I, I have never been happier watching a bad res- wrestling segment. Oh, it is. It's just wonderful. Um, Taz, <laughs> this is even better. So he says that. He's like, if you don't accept, I'll kill myself. And Taz says, well, at least that would make great TV, but we could only run it once. <laughs> Wow. Wow. Okay. Okay. Well, that's great. Oh, my gosh. It is so funny. She ends up saying yes. The announcers are shocked. And they end up make, uh, like, they and they make out in the middle of the ring to just a chorus of booze. <laughs> oh. That's it a is. pretty great way to end any wrestling segment. And they make it's out in the wonderful. ring to a chorus of booze. <laughs> it's just wonderful. And Harris... I, I know you don't have time for a lot of stuff, but please I really watch, watch this it. at some point because it is just so funny. I, I hope I, I'm worried I'm like overdoing this, but I laugh so hard watching this segment. Oh, man. <clears throat> anyway, so the next week, Al tries to invite Tori to, uh, well, him and Don's wedding, but she says he's being played and she's not going to be a part of it, which, you know, make makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that's a good answer. All right, so now we're going to go to the Thanksgiving episode. And uh, what do you think we're having in the ring, Harris? Well, okay, I think it's a wedding, but I was hoping you would say, like, a mashed potato No, 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 it's not. two women? It's definitely not a wedding. Oh, uh, Thanksgiving food fight. It's a Thanksgiving fashion show. Ah, that's even worse. (laughs) They're getting dumber. It's not even on theme. It was gift wrapped for you. It's right there. No, 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 no. But you're not wrong because oh. Tori is dressed <laughs> as Pocahontas, I'm assuming, and, ah, and, Dawn, and Dawn is a pilgrim. Great. And, okay, one, inside the ring, it is fully decorated for Thanksgiving, and there's a giant table full of food. So you're not wrong, but okay. we'll, we'll get to that. But I just – I wanted to take a side note because I mentioned this a little bit about the announcers. I miss – I kind of miss when the announcers would play up like the hotness of the women and would swoon over them because I think it's really funny. I feel like you complain about Corey Graves doing that literally every week. Yeah, because it's different. I don't know. It's done differently now. But at the time, it was like just part of it. And it was done like uh, it was obviously done to enhance the like perceived beauty of the women. Like that was at least that was I'm sure the intended goal 
was to, right. to get them over that way. Right. But it's just so funny hearing Taz just like go nuts and, and Michael Cole even just go nuts over these, these women. Right. But it's also like not always good at the same right. time. Well, I mean, I just feel like Taz is a pretty cool guy and yeah. Michael Cole is very professional. Yeah. That's like his whole shtick is that he's the corporate Mike. Right. So it's not like Jerry Lawler, who's just, you know, a tool right. and he can't help himself. It's like two people who are normally way more restrained. Well, Taz, Taz is not very restrained, but no, and, not and, restrained, and this is before but like, Taz the, doesn't seem like the kind of guy who'd just be really thirsty in public either, you know? Yeah. And this is before Michael Cole was like the corporate, this is his first like time being the main announcer for a you know, show. So this, this right. is long before, I mean, he was much better. At, at this point, than than he ended up becoming, which really right. isn't his fault. Um, anyway, it, it, it's just it's just really funny. But Ernest the Cat Miller is the MC for this, and and he's just great. That guy's hilarious. Um, so Tori and Don come to the ring, which has a uh, table filled, of course, as I said, with Thanksgiving food, just to set the scene. I'm sure it won't be used. Um. Before they get started, though, Miller says, Miller says, we need a turkey for Thanksgiving. So here comes a turkey. I'm not kidding. Literally, a turkey comes down the ramp, but it's it's not a real turkey. It's a guy in a turkey costume, but it's not the gobbledygooker. This is Dang a missed it. opportunity. Missed opportunity. Missed opportunities in this feud. I know it's not. It's I'm just it's furious. A, it's just a worse looking turkey turkey costume, and it's this guy just like marching down the thing, and it is just the weirdest thing. And you're just sitting there like, what are we watching? And like on. the face. I'm googling this too. The I face to. of both of the women are just kind of like, why? <laughs> now the uh, so anyway. The other thing that's funny, and I mentioned it before, is just Taz and Cole and how much they bash the in-ring product on the show. Because they're, again, apologizing to us, the viewers, for this turkey segment. So the turkey finally finishes his march to the ring. And, of course, it's Al Wilson in the turkey costume. Great. I don't know why, but he is. Uh, So he steps into the ring, he grabs the mic, and then just awfully tries to cut a promo about like Thanksgiving and family and is just being roasted by Taz and Cole. And then cat, the cat just goes in and just takes the mic from him. Just like we're, we're done. We're here for the girls. (laughs) 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 Oh man. So they proceed with the fashion show, which now Harris and for anyone else following at home in 2002 fashion show was WWE code for like softcore stripping, um, so yeah, I looked up the turkey and I'm seeing some gifts now, and yeah, that describes it pretty well. That's pretty much what any type of bikini contest or any con that it's pretty much just some sort of stripping. Um, yep. So Tori shows off all her gear, and then Dawn is going at it, and she's flaunting. But what she's doing is she's flaunting around her engagement ring. At Tori Wilson, and then Tori Wilson just snaps and just attacks her. And look, I gotta do another pause. Tori's acting throughout this feud is actually pretty good. At least like her facials and body language 
no no pun intended are are really like selling her disdain for dawn like the dialogue isn't good but the way she's carrying herself in the ring with these is actually pretty good um so I'll, so i'll give her that um so of course a food fight ensues and uh al gets a pie to the face and is and and there's punch a bowl of punch that's dumped out and uh, you know all, all that other good stuff and uh, whatever it is this is the loudest the crowd is during the whole segment so i guess it's successful um and the crowd audibly chants tori you can hear them chanting for her so that's good i guess um so the the angle's getting over harris wait you mean like it's almost over or it's getting over <laughs> no i mean it's getting over <laughs> Oh, jeez. Well, I would say, hey, we've come a long way, but you can see them in the fourth row of this Hell in a Cell pay-per-view I'm watching right now. They have a sign with a little ghost on it, and it says boo at the top, and then the next line is bees. They have a boobies sign <laughs> in, like, the fourth row. So, you know, the more things change, the more things stay the same, I guess. Yeah, well, fortunately, some stuff has changed because... Like, Harris, okay, so we've done all this stuff. It's been bad. It's been memorable. We've had some hilarious segments. But we are now really getting into this feud. Oh, jeez. And this is when it takes a turn for the worst. And I mean that literally. So we're in the first week of December. About two months into the feud. And, uh, well, you know... We've had some crazy moments, but this is so much worse. Dawn finds Tori backstage and says, and you know, at this point, Al Wilson's out of town. All they say is he's out of the country. I don't know why. It's never explained. But anyway, uh, so Dawn finds Tori backstage and says that even though she loves Al, he's not the only Wilson that she's interested in. Oh, no. <sighs> yeah. So, uh, oh, no, 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 no. She then says she will not marry Al if Tori does something for her. Nope. Nope. Don't like that. <laughs> she gives her her room key and tells her to meet her there. Great. And that no one can make a woman feel as good as a woman can. And that is a quote. It's creepy as hell. Yeah, and, that sounds about right. And Tori sells it as such. And let's just kind of break down this here, you know, for a second. Okay. This is the very definition of sexual assault and, like, sexual coercion. Oh, yeah. 100%. Um, The crowd cheered during it, so... Yeah, yeah. You know, now we're going to go to the end of the show. That was, like, near the beginning of the show. Now we're at the end of the show. Tori is seen at the hotel. She opens the door to the room, looking very kind of apprehensive as she's doing it. She comes in, and Dawn is sitting on the bed like a straight-up supervillain. She's in a robe with a glass of champagne, the dim light casting a shadow over her face with a ridiculous sly smile. I mean, this shot should be in the WWE Hall of Fame. Hanging up somewhere. I mean, not not Don Marie, just the picture. Of no, it. no, just the picture. This is a masterpiece of cinema, and I posted a picture of this on Twitter. It is glorious. I mean, it is outstanding. Uh, it's it's definitely the best thing that comes out of the feud because it is just so ridiculous and perfect for what is going on. 
Anyway, Tori's uncomfortable, of course. <laughs> Could have been saying that like the entire two months. I yeah, imagine. yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Dawn comes over and says that she, well, well, I guess she does love her father after all. And if she does everything she wants her to do, the wedding will be called off. She goes to kiss Tori and Tori shrugs her off and turns to leave. But Dawn then says, well, I guess uh, you must not love your father. So Tori stops and goes back, and that's when the show fades to black. <laughs> this is the end of the show. Like, they uh, don't what? they don't end with the amazing fatal four-way match for the number one contendership between Edge, Angle, Eddie, and Benoit. They end the show oh, with that. No. That's the worst part of this whole storyline. <laughs> oh, it gets that's so horrible. Much, it gets so much worse. Oh, I mean, like, there's always here's the thing. There's always something, there's always at least one good thing happening in wrestling and one, like, bad angle happening in wrestling. Right. And I feel like the difference, you know, like, what makes a product good or bad is the ratio in between. (laughs) But, wow, talk about misplaying your hand on that one. Yeah. Uh, Oh, but it just gets worse. Um, So the next week, Tori arrives at the arena and everyone is looking at her and kind of snickering at her. She finds out Dawn has been running her mouth about nasty things that went on between them in uh, the hotel. Well, what did she think was going to happen? I know. I know. Um, so uh, we we cut to the announcers and Taz is going crazy about all of the hot stuff he's heard and is super excited. Oh, boy. Um, also, this show happens to be in Atlanta. Doesn't mean anything, but it just... I, I just heard the mention. I was like, oh, Atlanta. Um, no, that is important because if you had been allowed to watch at the time, you would have gone, and that would make another bad show that you got to go to. It's very true. Well, I, I don't know what the rest of the show happened. I skipped over it. Maybe the rest of the show was good. Um, but anyway, so Tori goes to confront Dawn about the rumors, naturally. Mark, Mark, I'm sorry. I don't mean to derail you. We have to talk about this 24-7 title situation right here. Nia Jax stole it, ran away, is hiding behind a little <laughs> Chinese commentator, and our truth did like a crane kick at him. And the guy said, No, 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 I can handle this. And then they squared up like they were about to have a kung fu fight. Oh, our truth just won the title again. Yeah, he did. He won it back. I don't care about that. I care about our truth about to square up with the Chinese commentator. And I want to see that on the next pay-per-view. Oh, I, I miss that. I'll have to check that out. That sounds I'm sorry, great. I totally I derailed your train no, no, of thought. No, 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 that's fine. That's one of the weirdest things I've ever seen, and I felt like it should be addressed. <laughs> well, that's fine. That's better than, than this, that's for sure. Um, anyway, so Tori confronts Dawn about the rumors. She says everything that happened was strictly between them, and uh, Dawn is offended and says how special it was. She says nothing has been a rumor and everything she says has been the truth. And Tori says she better go do what she said she was going to do and that her father's here and she needs to break things off. She also drops an indecent proposal reference that was already dated at this time. So I guess good for them. Um, so anyway, we're, we're out in the ring. Dawn, Dawn brings Al out. Taz just constantly mocks Al and his lack of personality just the whole time. It's great. And she says that everything with Tori and her is true, and Al is very hurt about this. But everything she did, but everything she did was while thinking of Al, which is 
so much worse. So much worse. Like, she goes oh, into geez. detail. Like, the eyes and the lips, everything was like, oh my gosh, it's terrible. Um. Also, also, not an excuse for cheating on someone. No, no, no. Doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. Doesn't make it okay. And she, she also you can't was like, be like, but I was thinking of you the whole time. It doesn't know. work that way. She was like, and being with Tori was because she missed him so much. And she was the next closest thing. Like, right. it was just horrible. Uh, and it goes on for a while. And Al then says he still wants to marry Dawn. I don't know what's going on here, but... Uh, okay, okay. Dawn says she's still going to marry Al on SmackDown. And Tori now comes barreling out. Because... Let's just recap this for a second. She's basically been raped. Yeah. Oh, to, yeah. You know, for for her to break things off with her father. And now it's not happening. Yeah, after all that. So she comes out and beats the crap out of Don Marie. Like, as much as Tori Wilson can beat up Don Marie. Like, she is going to town on her. And even, even uh, like, lays a few in on Al as well when he's trying to break it up. I mean, it is a beatdown, and it goes on for a while. And, you know, refs come out, they break it up, and Dawn is kind of limping her way up the ramp to get away, and they're restraining Tori Wilson. She's trying to claw her way to her. And when she gets to the ramp, she grabs a mic and says that she will show the world the whole footage of the hotel room on Sunday at Armageddon. So now we're going to broadcast the sexual assault. Well, and it is do a it and do it for a pay per view. Well, yeah, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. So uh, brilliant. Dawn says that Tori enjoyed it, and that Tori is the sexual predator. What? Hey, by the way, by the way, makes it sound even more like a rape scenario, right? Yes, yes. You enjoyed it is the opposite of the okay thing to say in that situation. Yes, yes, it is. Wow, and and it's. But to be fair, this is very accurate behavior for a sexual predator, which Don Marie clearly is. Right, but is she getting, like, she's she's not getting heel heat for this, is she? I, no, I mean, she's kind of getting booze, but the crowd's more just excited that there's a tape. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, Tori is literally just, like, crying on the ramp after presumably being raped and used and then mm-hmm. we go back to the announcers and Taz is saying how excited he is to see the broadcast of said sexual assault at the pay-per-view. Well, one thing is true. I've noticed if we've learned anything from this little show of ours, uh, it's that WWE's HR department, just absolute trash. Yes. Yes, they I'm pretty are. sure it's just Vince himself and he writes whatever happened on a piece of paper and keeps it in a file because like he's into it. Like he reads that before he goes to bed. That's the entire HR department. It's it's very possible. Um, okay, so to Armageddon we go. Time for Don and Al to come out. They come out hand in hand. Al's, I guess, fine with all this. Don cuts promo. There are signs in the crowd that says, show the footage. Great. Many of them. She says Tori isn't even there tonight, but she, but, uh, but, you know, she herself is, and she's ready to show this footage we so that we can see just exactly what type of terrible person Tori Wilson is. I don't understand the logic behind any of this, but okay. Um, so we see everything that they did the other week, that they showed the other week, but uh, 
you know, Tori goes back to Dawn. Dawn gives her some champagne and starts feeding her strawberries. All done in the most sensual way possible. <laughs> Tori's very uncomfortable and resistant the whole time, naturally. And uh, Dawn then starts to slowly strip her and then herself, teasing her the whole time. And uh, then, then starts to kiss her. The crowd is going bonkers. I mean, going insane. Loudest crowd so far of the night, by far. At what point in the show is this? It's like halfway through. Oh, jeez. Dawn then says to pause the footage, and the crowd boos loudly. (laughs) Uh, And she just kind of does some other mocking things. And then Al is standing there very shaken this whole time. And he grabs the mic and says, that's enough. He doesn't want to see this anymore. And they're massive boos from the audience. I mean, thunderous boos. And the announcers are chastising him, talking about being a party pooper and stuff like that. He says he can't watch his daughter like this anymore. But Don says there's so much more to see. And so here we go. Oh, is it weird, Al? Is it weird to watch Don Marie hooking up with someone you're related to by blood? Is that weird for you? To Al, it is. Not to anyone else. Al Wilson's else. the worst. He is. Uh, so it starts up again. They're they're still they're still making out, and Al is not happening. He keeps trying to stop it. He keeps telling him to stop it, and Tal says he's gonna go smack Al while he's saying that. <laughs> the crowd, the crowd wants it. Al says he doesn't care. We want more chance reverberate in full diction around the arena. I don't give it them if they want to see more. Okay. Ow. Shut up. What is he talking about? Don, you have to stop this. You have to stop it. Please. I'm putting my foot down, damn it. Please. This might Can be I the just... most cohesive chance I've ever heard in a wrestling <laughs> event ever. We want more is perfectly heard. Okay, can I just say, I think this is all tasteless and repulsive, but my word, if they had a run-in right now and it was just like half the locker room, they beat the tar out of Al Wilson and <laughs> threw him under the ring, and then the show continued, that would be like one of the most surreal but incredible <laughs> moments in WWE history. Oh, it would probably be the loud it would probably be a louder pop than Stone Cold coming back. It would. It would be like when Stone Cold comes back with the pool cue yeah. and like lays out all of WCW. It would be that level of pop. It probably would be. Um, oh, so that's another missed opportunity in this is. angle, I'm guessing. Uh well, so eventually Dawn reluctantly agrees to not show any more footage and the crowd starts chanting asshole. Loud. This is even louder than the other chants. My fiance, Al Wilson, wants to stop the footage, then we're going to stop the footage. Come on. Because there's absolutely nothing I want to do in this whole world to upset my little Bobo. Bobo? That's what they get about Al. No, he's not an asshole. <laughs> I mean, it must be every single person chanting. And, it, I mean, it, it's one of the loudest chants I've ever heard at a wrestling event. Um, anyway, so we are just 
massively excited for sexual assault on this show. Uh, Dawn ends, you know, Dawn ends up agreeing, and she says that she's proven everything she needs to that Tori's a sexual predator by being coerced into her room and being resistant to everything going on and being stripped against her will. Well, Tori's clearly the sexual predator. Um, Dawn says that they will go, and and Dawn then says to Al that it's fine, and they'll go and make another tape themselves. Jeez. Al is just fine with this, and they leave. He just saw his daughter get sexually assaulted by his fiance. Mm-hmm. is still mm-hmm. with her, was mm-hmm. clearly repulsed by it, wanted it to stop, and now is just fine. Right. Good like, not even like, I, I need to be away angle. from you for a while or any. Nope, just. This angle just go. is just something else. Oh, boy. So for the next few weeks, Al just goes full heel with Dawn with no explanation and continue and just kind of taunts Tori with her and, and they Dawn just continues to call her a sexual predator. It's, it's just, it's so bad. I'm just going to skip over the next couple of weeks because we got to get to the wedding. This so is there the, is a wedding. No, there, there is a wedding. Uh, we're okay. in the first SmackDown of 2003. It's the new Great. year and it's going to feature the marriage of Dawn Wilson and Al or uh, Dawn Marie and Al Wilson. Dawn comes out with her wedding dress on near the beginning of the show, and the crowd doesn't really care at this point. They're all kind of fed up. Uh, She then says that she does not want to get married in her wedding dress. She wants to get married naked. Uh, The crowd is is so done at this point. It it pops a little bit, but not, not not like earlier. Like, we're all just like, please stop really at this well, point e- even this crowd which we've that's good which we've not shined a good light on so far even they don't really care so backstage stephanie comes into don's locker room and says yeah you can't do that this is a show you can't go out there nude <laughs> so there's that so this is a show you can't do i guess that. thank Week's you too late by the way i guess thank you stephanie for that um so uh anyway backstage tori wilson is speaking with kidman Talking about uh, supporting her father, even though she hates Dawn. So she is there, even though she doesn't like this wedding, is totally opposed to it. And Kidman tries to cheer up by mocking Al Wilson, and it's actually really funny. He actually does a really good job (laughs) mocking Al. And now, this time, Tori and Kidman were together. Like, they're dating for real. And so there's several times throughout this feud when just randomly they'll just have a scene where they're talking together, which is very kind of weird, but they're actually together at the time. And they were together a lot in WCW as well. Um, They worked together both on and off screen in WCW at the same time. And they would actually get married a few months later in 2003. But anyway, so it makes sense. It actually makes sense that Kidman would be able to do a good impression of Al as I'm sure he's been around him a lot. But anyway... So it's time for the wedding. Al comes out dressed straight out of the 70s. I mean, it is just goofy and ridiculous. Big collar, everything. Dawn comes out, not naked, in a wedding dress. And there's just this idiot chaplain that's just terrible. And the crowd just starts chanting boring. They're training, chanting Tory, just everything. Dawn then stops mid-wedding ceremony and says that she objects to the wedding now because... She's she says she, she says that she can't marry him because she promised the crowd she would do it naked. Um so 
she then takes off the wedding dress, but she still has some undergarments on. And uh, she then stops and says, Stephanie said she couldn't go any farther. And then she says, but Stephanie didn't say anything about Al. (sighs) The crowd starts verbally chanting, keep it on. (laughs) At this point. The crowd turns face at last. Which, well, no, 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 they don't want Al to strip. That's what they're chanting. Oh, because oh, I you she meant says her. no, no, no. Because oh, she okay. she says now Al has to get naked, and that's when the crowd starts chanting, "Keep it on." Oh, uh, just kidding. That's, yeah, that's yeah, not no, as good. Yeah. She strips Al, and he's standing there in his tidy whities and you hey you hear one fan just you know how like where the camp the the mics are planted like around for the crowd like you just hear one fan shout where are you stephanie (laughs) (laughs) oh that's very good which is my favorite part of this segment um she almost takes off his underwear but then stops and they're both just standing there in their underwear and then then she's like all right the ceremony can't continue Crowd is still chanting Tori, but she's just nowhere to be seen for some reason. Al can't even say his vows. He literally forgets his lines and just says, whatever, uh, I, I take all the vows at one point, which is pretty funny. <laughs> um, the ceremony ends and they make out and there's no Tori Wilson. For reasons, I guess. Everyone is just sitting here waiting for Tori to come out and break it up and it never happens. So that's literally it. Yay! Um, so the what? So a wrestling wedding goes off without a hitch. I know, That's what right? You're telling me it's very weird. Wow, very weird. This angle keeps getting worse. Just a few weeks before, like just a couple of months before, we had Chuck and Billy's wedding, which is on my list, and we might get to eventually. And so, oh jeez. Anyway, we've had a lot of stuff going on, but anyway. So the next week, we get to join Don and Al on their honeymoon. Don says they've been on their honeymoon for a week. And we will get to join them live. And she's saying this while she's in this hotel room that's done up with, like, flower petals and candles and all this stuff. Uh, Don is... And, and so, anyway, then uh, you see later Josh Matthews interviewing Tori Wilson backstage about the wedding. Dawn is literally her stepmom now. And yep. uh, they, they hyped that up a lot. Mm, she uh, And Tori said she found it disgusting. But at Royal Rumble... And then, then it's announced that at Royal Rumble, they'll face off in a stepmother versus stepdaughter match. That's not even a stipulation. <sighs> no, but it's the first time ever. And we know Vince, and he loves anything that he can say first time ever, even though this isn't even whatever. Um, so we go back to the hotel room, and Dawn is showering, and Al is washing his face and looking tired. And she then asks him to join her in the shower, so he does reluctantly. Later, we cut back to the hotel room, and Don again wants some action. So she heads towards Al, laying, who's laying on the bed, and he's not really responding, just really laying there face down, completely worn out. And then we cut to something else on the show. Then we go back, we're at the very end of the show, and Don is hysterical. Al still hasn't moved, and paramedics are coming in, and they're working on him and trying to revive him. They cart him off to the hospital, and that ends the show. It ended the show again. The next week, Al is dead. Great. Good. So we're done, right? The angle's we, uh, over. No. Uh, probably the worst no, thing in wrestling we're of all not time. Done. We're not done yet. There's more. Al's dead. 
And we start the show with a nice memoriam remembering him. He was literally sexed to death by Don Marie. Um, <clears throat> so they show her like sitting in a chair talking about how she's so sad that Al's dead. It's just horrible. Um, and, and so what time is it now, Harris? What, what, where can this go? I dude, I genuinely have no idea. What can, ha- what else can happen? The funeral. Oh no. Oh no. Oh, Okay. Okay, even in death, I can't leave this man alone. If this ends with Taz, like, roasting the man at his funeral, I will almost be impressed. It will almost be worth it. Oh, man. So, uh, we have the whole funeral parlor set up. Don is there crying. And he's actually in the coffin, too. Uh, Don goes over, cries some more. And then later, we cut back, and there's some bad actors playing family members that are expressing their sadness at this wake. Tori then walks in and everyone goes silent and she is great in this. I mean, she is fantastic. She looks at Dawn with this like cold, like uncaring, like numb eyes. Like she or like her father's dead after all this crap. And she's just like completely numb to this now. Like it is actually really good and uh, cuts away. And then later Tori is there crying over Al's coffin. Dawn then is annoyed with Tori says that she's fake crying, said that she never loved, that Tori never loved her father, and she's the reason he's dead. And then she slaps him. Tori then snaps and beats the crap out of Don, knocking over the coffin. And Tori is just lost at this point, and actually does a good job, like, acting-wise. Just completely distraught. Don then smashes a lamp over Tori's back, and that's the end of that segment. So this is the go-home show to the Royal Rumble. Step- stepmother versus stepdaughter match. Okay, so the stepmother versus stepdaughter match is payoff for the fact that she killed her father. Right. By doinking him too much. Yeah. Okay. No, that's, yeah, that's in proportion. That makes sense. Yeah, so uh, Dawn comes out with a veil because she's in mourning. Tori comes out again. Again, she just does this great job of just expressionless, just like numbed everything, just beyond emotion. Uh, And this one just explodes immediately. It really isn't a match. It's much more of a fight, and it's very rare. It's a very rare feeling for women's matches, like especially at this time, where one's literally just trying to beat the crap out of the other one. And mm-hmm. for a five-minute mm-hmm. match, it's not terrible. Um, both of their pay-per-view matches are not terrible for the five, six-minute women's matches. Tori gets the pin. She wins. Stepdaughter beats stepmother. Tori, uh, even afterwards, she can't really celebrate. She's just, like, crushed at this point. Which, again, she has done well for her. And this wasn't quite the end of the feud. They had some more matches on SmackDown, and Dawn used the name Dawn Marie Wilson for a while longer. But this was basically the end of the feud. This is pretty much the end of the main thing. Just, what a ride. For as stupid as it was, though, it did actually help Tori get over, and she became a pretty big star in the years after this. And this was kind of her first thing, really, in WWE. So, I guess it was successful if you take that into consideration. But, good grief. This is just horrible. And so long. Yeah, that was... Wow. That was a lot. That was a lot. Yes, uh, now, yes can it I, was. Can I tell you something? While I was Googling Al Wilson earlier, I found, you know, one of the articles 
that popped up was um, the real, you know, Al Wilson in an interview talks about what the original plan for the story was. <laughs> and I was curious, so I clicked on it and I opened it. And I've closed it since then, so I can't go back and reference it. But I opened it and they said, yeah, the original plan was that he he has so much sex with her that he dies. And I thought, well, that's pretty stupid. I'm glad they didn't do that, but they did do that. So clearly they were just going to do it in a different way. Yeah, they did it. Or they, do they, something tried that to, was... they tried to say he had a heart attack and whatever, but the implications were very clear. Yeah. Yeah, that's – that's just the worst, you yes. know? Like – Cutting back to Helena Hell for a second, Bailey just lost her championship to that young up-and-comer Charlotte Flair. I'm glad she finally got a shot. But even watching that happen and watching my saw, role model, I saw Bailey that, and I was waiting for you to. I was waiting for you to like I was say just, something. I was like, I was like, man, this is bad. But you know what? At least it's a wrestling match. At least they're telling a story with Bailey's character, which. Even when they let women wrestle, they hadn't done that with Bailey in years. So you know you gotta you gotta have some perspective. All that being said, I, I start to say, well, hey, we've come so far. Um, I would be shocked if we don't have like a tape of Bobby Lashley and Lana before this thing is over. Yeah, so the yeah. more things change, the more things stays the same. Paul Heyman, he has not changed. <laughs> No. So looking forward to our follow-up on this, where we resolve uh, both who is the baby daddy of Maria Kanellis' child and just how far are we going to push this Bobby Lashley-Lana thing. Because it's going to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll be here to talk about it, because that's, that's what we do, folks, whether we want to or not. Yeah. I apologize to everyone for this episode. If this was your first episode, go listen to another one. Listen to the Brawl for All one. Listen to the David Arquette one. Find something else. Yeah, this one's just depressing. Oh, really, from okay, start on, to finish. The Fiend's about to make his entrance. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll commentate on this live. Okay. All right. I'm turning the, I'm turning the lights off. Let's just do you a whole... See. We we if uh, we could just do a whole commentary on this match. Oh, dude, dude, this episode's been like two hours long. We shouldn't do that. It's been an hour and about an hour and a half. Yeah. There we go. Firefly Funhouse. I just love the Fiend's hurt heel music. Everything about it is awesome. Seth is going to die, dude. I hope so. He better. Okay, when is this show supposed to end? I thought they end at like 11, and it's like not even 10. Sometimes they've been going from 7 to 10 or 10.30 recently. Oh, well, that's good. I like that Yeah, more. it is. Well, I hope this match is not very long and The Fiend beats the crap out of him quickly. I'm not going to lie. I freaking I'm love trying to think of this Bray Wyatt head lantern. It's terrifying. It's awesome. It's genuinely terrifying. I'm telling you, I'm still waiting on a match with Bray Wyatt. And he just gets like the crap beat out of him because he's not being the fiend. I would love mm. to see him wrestle as both characters. That would be fun, especially if Bray Wyatt Bray Wyatt was like a Bo Dallas sort of happy yes, go lucky, yes, like yes. happy to be here competitor. I love that. That would be great. Also, I saw I an know. awesome kayfabe news article where it was like <laughs> the fiend uh, joined by Bo Dallas as the friend. 
Yeah. And that was the funniest thing I've ever seen. And I want that to happen so bad. It's just a picture I'm... of Bo Dallas, like a clown wig and makeup and like smiling. And I was like, that would be amazing. I'm, I miss Bo Dallas. That initial run was a lot of fun. Oh, he's great. Bo Dallas is so underutilized. And he would like, he would win and then he would like Tebow in the middle of the ring yep, while yep. that inspirational music played. It was incredible. <laughs> but imagine how, how well that would work with this fiend character. The friend. I love it. I just want to know who made that lantern. I want like a WWE chronicle about the lantern from its inception to whoever made it. So like the first time Bray Wyatt saw it, to so got to carry it out. I'd yeah, I'd watch that. Yeah. The 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 head lantern, everyone, the best character on WWE television. Yeah, pretty much. This pretty is gonna be much. weird too, because like everyone in the building wants to see Seth just get annihilated. Yes, we do. You know, like except for the little little kids, but even they're kinda like, I wonder what this guy can really do. Oh, that is so creepy. This would scare the crap out of me if I was a kid. And it's done so well. Like, it works even uh, when, like, the match actually happens, which is something that's hard to do with a character like this. Like, once yeah, the lights sure. come on and the actual match happens, it's kind of yeah. tough to keep that same aura. Like aura. But right. he's, I mean, so far, well, I mean, he's only had one match, but it, well, wor it worked. I really hope. The cell helps, to too. I forgot. I want to see Bray win this because here's the thing. They say SmackDown is the new A show. Right. Let Raw be the B show and let Bray Wyatt just get real weird with it. Make him sure. a video game boss. Sure. Using all They're going to wrestle stuff. with the, the creepy belt, lights. Like, okay, this is brilliant. Time. Dude, this is brilliant. They're wrestling with the lights like this. Hey, go dogs, baby. This is No, this is smart. I'm a fan of this. I, I, I'm a fan of, of doing using this lighting. Normally, I'm not a oh, fan sure. of, of changing the lighting with matches. They did that with Sin Cara. I don't really like that, but th this works. This helps. This is not going to be a long match. The camera angles are different, too. Maybe that's just because it's in the cell. They have, like, a hard cam on the cell or something. We can't tell. Yeah, well, I mean, they always are able to have some cameras in the cell. Like I can't no, but I can't tell if it's like different camera angles than they normally use, or if it's just because the cell's red, so everything feels yeah. a little. Uh... Yeah, okay, Rollins sure. going immediately for a weapon here is really smart. Yes, it is. Because why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Okay, but why a kendo stick? I hate that. That's my least favorite weapon in the history of wrestling. No, I like him because it's like a lightsaber. It's, it's very so uh, dumb swingable. though. Why is there a kendo stick under a ring? There's no reason for that. Like, there's reasons for there to be chairs or ring bells or tables or, you know. Are there reasons for there to be chairs? Or yes. do we just think yes. there are because those are like people common sit, objects? No, all the people on the outside sit in them. It makes sense why there'd be extra chairs in there. Even all the ringside seats are all folding chairs. Like, it makes sense that there would be chairs under the ring. I always thought there were tables and chairs because there was like a kayfabe implication that they all just had a potluck after the show. <laughs> yeah, the tables is a little harder to, to, to explain. But the chairs make sense to me. This, this does again, not make any, for, any sense. Or it's like Triple H's sense. sledgehammer. Like, he obviously stashes it down there before every match or pays someone to do it. That's a horrible weapon. We've talked about how dumb I mean, that It would be a great weapon is. if he ever used it right. He just doesn't know how to use it. Well, that's why it's dumb, because you can't use it. 
It's impossible. It's but like if someone I'm... it's like if someone came out with a battle axe. Like a real battle axe. It's like okay. Now that what? would actually be pretty funny if you had a satirical wrestling promotion or a satirical wrestling character and he had like a chainsaw and for like when he would cheat to use it, he would rev it up and then hit them with the handle and knock them out. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say I thought you were going to say it would be great to have like a gimmicky uh thing that where they get their their wrestlers all like special effects up. So then the guy comes out with an axe and chops their arm off and they have it set to where it actually gets chopped off. Like in the ring. See, that's just – that's a lot more effort. I just love the idea of taking that weird thing with the sledgehammer to the nth degree and taking something as ridiculously overpowered as a chainsaw and then using <laughs> like the plastic handle to hit people – just to bonk people over the head. And it's just devastating. That is great. Oh, man. This is really, this is really great audio content. Yeah, no, you're going to have to cut some of this out, I think. Are there lights under the stairs? What's happening? I don't know. That's kind of cool, though. All right. Well, uh, thanks so much for listening to this podcast, everyone. This has been uh, Behind the Gorilla. Follow us on Twitter, at Behind underscore Gorilla. You know, that always always helps. Build up the Bailey fans, base. hit me up. We can mourn together. Yeah, we follow back wrestling fans. So, uh... Make sure and uh, make sure and do that. Also, give us a give us a rating and review on on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. That always helps. And um, hmm, what else do I usually say? Oh yeah, you can follow uh, me on Twitter at Mark Mark Brand. Oh, I'm at Harris Wilson, and uh, we don't have to do a whole segment on it. But shout out to David Arquette. You are our guiding star. Yeah, I don't really have any David Arquette news. He went to Disney World with his family, so that's good. Or Disneyland. I'm not sure. Probably Disneyland. Probably Disneyland. And, and yeah, I don't. I don't really have any more news. But okay. yeah, thank you, thank you, David Arquette, for your inspiration. And um, yeah, so that does it for this show. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure and tune in next week. Again, I'm Mark. And I'm Harris. Have a great week. Bye.